Now, we're in week three of our series, You Wanted to Know. And uh, in the first week, we talked about hearing the voice of God, and, uh, which is a very important point of uh, the Christian life. And let me just take a moment just to say that, you know, the Bible says that God speaks over and over again, but we don't recognize it. And so I believe that God is wanting to speak to us on a continued basis, not just once every 10 years, but on a continuing basis, God wants to speak to us. Don't you agree with that? And so we have to learn. You know, remember I told that story about the missionary and he was being taught by this uh, by this Colombian uh, cannibal tribe that got uh, radically saved. And, the, and this tribe was teaching him how to hunt. They had all these voices in the in the forest. And they taught him how to hear the voice of a turkey in the midst of all the voices, all the sounds, all the noise that was going on. And in this world, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of voices. And we got to learn. We got to pay attention to the voice of the Lord. What is God saying? He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. To each of us, God has a different word. Even in the, in, the t- in the time that we have today, as we teach the word, God will have a different message for, any, for different ones of us. Amen? That's the beauty of the word of God. He tailors it to fit us right where we are. Amen? And then the second week, we talked about receiving and extending forgiveness. You know, some people have trouble in their walk with God because they feel shame. They feel gay, uh, guilt. They feel condemnation. And so when they come to God, they, they can't ever receive from God because they don't feel worthy of receiving from God. And they, they feel strapped with all these things that are, are barriers from receiving the word of God. And without even recognizing or knowing it, you know, some people come and they just like come right into God's house and they open the refrigerator, so to speak, and say, Father, what do you have for me today? And then some of us walk into God's house and we just barely walk through the front door and we just crawl in a corner and say, God, you know, I don't know if you even want me here. So we got to learn to receive God's forgiveness. Amen. And get rid of our guilt and shame and condemnation. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. But not only should we learn to receive forgiveness, we got to learn how to extend forgiveness. And that's easier said than done. Right? I mean, you know, it just seems like well, everybody agrees with that. You got to forgive. But man, it's amazing whenever somebody offends you, somebody hurts you. It takes great faith to forgive. And it takes a great amount of God's grace to walk in forgiveness. Are you all with me out here? But how many of you know the forgiver is on the inside of us? Jesus is the forgiver. And if the forgiver is on the inside of us, then bless God, we can get past our hurt. Amen. We can get past our offense and we can walk in the love of God. Are y'all with me out there? Now, today we're going to talk about a third topic that you um, that you were interested in hearing a sermon on. And that's how to strengthen your faith, how to strengthen your faith. If you're in Habakkuk chapter two, you should be there. And we're in verse four. And it says this. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now, that particular verse is requoted in the New Testament. I think it's three or four times. I heard somebody say, if God says one thing, if God says something one time, it's important. But if he says it three or four times, we better, we better sit up and pay attention, right? He says, the just shall live by faith. Now, the word live is one of those words that's all inclusive, and it includes and covers every possible realm or area of our life. In other words, the Lord wants us 
to walk in every area of our life in faith. So walking or living in faith includes all our walking, talking, sleeping, eating, our career, our family, our recreation, our ministry, our church life. God wants all of that to be covered in faith. Amen. The just shall live by faith. And so, in other words, God is saying every rim of our life, we should walk in the in the way of trusting and believing God to provide for everything that we need. We should walk with strong, unwavering faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because you see, you can have faith, but you have faith in the government. You can have faith in the neighbors. You can have faith in the person. But it's not just having faith. It's having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, why should we be so concerned about strengthening our faith? Why, why, is, that a, why is that an issue? Well, I believe there are a couple of reasons. I'm going to give you three this morning. Number one, because it takes strong faith to live a victorious, unwavering kind of life. How many of you know that? And so listen, it's one thing to believe. You know, in fact, the Bible says devils believe, demons believe. But it's quite another to have a strong, victorious, unwavering faith. It's quite another thing to have faith. See, they have people that have faith in God. Say, do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. In fact, you can find those everywhere. Everybody believes in God. But their struggle sometimes is having enough faith to live a victorious life. How many of you know believing in God is one thing, but having enough faith to live a victorious life is another thing? Amen? So it takes strong faith to overcome the trials and tribulations of life. You know, whenever you have weak life, it it seems like, you know, just the littlest pressure can knock you over. In fact, Proverbs 24.10 says, if you falter... In times of trouble, how small is your strength? And so, you know, for some people, you know, it just takes a little bit of adversity. And man, they just, they're in the, in the gutter. They're in the mully grub. Man, they're just wondering whether there is a God in heaven, whether God even exists. But how many of you know he does exist? He does exist, amen? But it takes strong, developed faith to overcome the trials and tribulations of life. And so 1 John 5, 4 says, everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it, saints? Even our... How do we overcome? How do we overcome in this world? It's through faith. You know, it's the old, the old Pentecostal preacher, R.W. Shambach. How many of you know of him? How many of you heard of him? Uh, he's going to heaven now, but man, he was, he was quite a preacher. But he says, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. You know, that happened to him. He was in the hospital, I think it is. I, I can't remember the story exactly, but I think the Lord walked, he didn't even use the door, walked right through the wall and said, hey, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Amen. Come on, how many of you know we need faith in God? He tells the story about he was praying, had an, uh, an altar call, you know, and people came up for prayer. And he said this lady came up and she was like, oh, brother Shambach. And she started listening to all the problems she was having. I got this and I got this. And he said, something came over me. And he said, I told her, lady, shut up. <laughs> he said, shut up. You don't have any problems. You just need faith in God. Amen. Hey, sometimes we want to talk about our problems more than we want to trust God. Amen. But how many of you know we need to trust God? Amen. Because he's going to get us through our trials and our tribulations. But you know, it takes strong faith to maintain joy through discouraging times. You ever been through a discouraging times? How many of you had discouraging times today already? 
You know, well, listen, some, some of us, we have joy as long as everything's going well. Everything's clicking. Everything's falling into place. We have joy. But as soon as we start experiencing a little bit of adversity, we lose our joy. But how many of you know the Lord don't want us to just have joy sometimes? He wants us to have joy all the time. Amen? James 1, 2, uh, 1 and 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Count it all joy when you go through various tri- times. The, your faith is going to be tested. And it's not easy to maintain a joyful attitude when your faith is being tested. It's not easy to maintain, maintain your joy when you're going through discouraging times. You get bad reports. You got a lot of things going on in your life. Is that right? It's not so easy. It's a lot easier to maintain joy when everything's going good. You know what it takes? It takes strong, mature faith to maintain joy no matter what. You know, somebody said joy is not the absence of problems. Joy is not the absence of problems, but the presence of God. It's the presence of God. And so listen, it's strong, developed faith that will help you get through discouragement and into God's presence where there is the fullness of joy. You know, I think about this a lot of times, and it helps me to put things in perspective. Whenever I want to feel sorry for myself and and feel like a woe is me, you know, the devil would love for us to get in the valley of self-pity. And whenever I'm tempted to get in the valley of self-pity, I think of Corey Ten Boom. You know, she was in a concentration camp in Germany. And, and she was held captive by, by, uh, by the, uh, Hitler and his regimen. And she was, uh, she'd lost some loved ones while they were held in captivity, while they were in prison. She was sleeping on like boards with, with a little bitty layer of hay that was infested with fleas or lice. You know, I think it was lice. And she had to work outside barefooted with, with freezing cold temperatures. And Corey Tinboom was able to maintain faith even in that circumstance. Whenever I'm tempted to just want to have self-pity and get, get in the valley of self-pity, I think of Corey Tinboom. If she can have joy with what she's going through, what's my problem? You don't have any problem. All you need is faith in God. Amen. So listen, it's strong developed faith that will help you get through discouragement and into God's presence. Amen. Now, it takes strong faith to reach our full potential. How many of you know you can't get where God wants you to go unless you walk in faith? The more you walk in faith, the more you get where God wants you to go. We need to strengthen our faith to see God do the impossible in our life. I mean, isn't it great when God does miracles in our life, impossible things in our life? Well, you know, the the, the key that unlocks the impossibilities is faith. That's what Jesus said, right? Some of us, we have faith for little things, but sometimes we lack faith for larger things. We have, we lack faith. You know, we can have faith to, you know, to, um, to help us find our keys, but sometimes we don't have enough faith to see a breakthrough in our life. But God wants us to have faith, not just for the small things, but the big things. Amen. But sometimes we struggle. We struggle with different areas of our life, like the father who had the demon possessed son. And, 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 he, and he was struggling to believe that Jesus could heal him. He believed he was just struggling with this area. In Mark 9 and verse 20, it says, They brought the boy to him, and when he saw him immediately, 
The spirit threw him into convulsion and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Now, I, I want to stop here long enough to say, now this is a bad case, right? I mean, this is a bad case. He's falling, rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Wow. Verse 21, and he asked his father, that's Jesus. He asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Verse 22, it has often thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who. And immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do. But help my. Yeah, that's what he said. I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, the father had some faith. It wasn't that he had no faith. He could believe God to do some things in his life. But this particular area, he was struggling to believe God, to give him a breakthrough. So sometimes, you know, we get into circumstances in our life and we feel so hopeless and helpless, like like God can't do this. But I believe God's saying, hey, I can do all things if you believe. Have you ever felt like this father? who had faith for some things, but yet you struggle to have faith for other things. Come on, how many of you? Come on, let me just see your hands out there. Of course, we all do. We all do. So often we're like the father with the with that demon-possessed son, and we believe, we have faith in God. But when it comes to a certain problem, circumstance, situation, man, we struggle big time to believe God and to trust God. But, but Jesus said in Mark 9.23, anything is possible if a person believes. Come on, we got to learn to trust God. We got to learn how to have faith in God. And listen, the more we strengthen our faith, the stronger our faith comes, then the easier it is to believe God for great things. The easier it is to believe God for impossible things. Listen, you know, whenever I first got saved, I mean, you know, you know, I, I was just trying to maintain joy for a whole day. You know, it's like, man, I'm believing to have joy for a whole day. I'm, I'm believing to have joy from my house to where I work, driving down Ambassador Caffrey. I mean, that would be a great feat right there. Amen. But come on, how many of you know, man, Todd, you got to get beyond just maintaining joy for your drive to work. Come on, you need to maintain a place of joy. So it takes greater faith for that. But listen, we need to have faith for God to do the impossible in our life. And some of you in this room today, you might need God to do the impossible. You, may, you might need God to do something that in the natural doesn't seem like it's possible. In Mark chapter 90, verse 20, it says, They brought the boy to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into convulsion, and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. So a lot of times, that's where we stop. We stop by just looking at everything that our, our circumstance is telling us. But we got to look beyond our circumstance, and we got to believe God that he can change our circumstance. Amen? We need to strengthen our faith to reach our fullest potential. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 3, it says, And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to the sycamore tree, Be rooted up and planted into the sea, and it would obey you. Now, the question is, when Jesus compared our faith to a mustard seed, was he implying that all we need is a little faith? Or was he really trying to encourage us to develop our faith? 
Well, you know, the, the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Whenever he says, you got to forgive somebody seven times 70. Right? But he's saying, listen, I believe that what he's saying is, is that we not just need a little faith. We need to develop our faith. As Howard Hendricks says, we need to let Scripture interpret Scripture. And what did Jesus say about the mustard seed of faith? In Matthew 13, 31, he says, In another parable he put before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and he sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown to the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Now notice what Jesus says. Catch what he's saying here. He said the mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. You can't get smaller than the mustard seed. How many of you seen the mustard seed? That is a small seed. And he says it's the smallest of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and it becomes a tree. And so I believe when Jesus compared faith to mustard seed, I think what he was really implying that, that listen, he wasn't implying that all we need is a little faith. I think he was implying that if we will grow our faith, there's no telling what we can accomplish if we will just simply pay attention and keep growing and strengthening our faith. Our faith has great potential, amen? Our faith has the ability, has the ability to experience miracles from God. Everywhere Jesus went, whenever he did miracle after miracle, he always, many times he commented about because of your faith, because of your faith. And so listen, the wonderful reality is our faith has grown or can grow to maturity. If, it, if we will feed it, if we will pay attention to it, our faith can grow. Even though it's as small as a mustard seed, it can grow. And as it grows, there's no telling the potential. In Mark eleven twenty three, he said, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it and it will be yours. How many of you know faith can move mountains out of the way? Faith can make impossible things possible. Check this verse out. Hebrews 11.32. It says, this is the, the, the chapter of the hall of faith. And it says this in verse 32. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith, of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. And listen to what verse 33 says. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice. They received what God promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. They escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and they put armies to flight. Now, come on, if that don't encourage you to strengthen your faith, nothing will. Amen. Faith allows you to overthrow kingdoms, to rule with justice, to receive God's promise, to shut the mouths of lions. These are stories in the Bible where faith operated and miracles happened. Amen. In this room today, there are people that were addicted, could not get set free, and God supernaturally, miraculously delivered them. Amen. Faith gave them the victory. Amen. 
There are people in here that just went from one failure to another failure, couldn't make a right decision, couldn't get one foot in the front of the other one, but God stepped into their life and now they're living in from glory to glory, from victory to victory because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on. In other words, faith will allow you to experience the miraculous if you keep believing and trusting in him. How many of you agree with that? Amen. How many of you glad you believe today? Come on. How many of you have faith and trusting in God? Now, third reason we should be so concerned with strengthening our faith is that strengthening our faith is our spiritual responsibility. It's our responsibility before God. And listen to what Romans 12, 3 says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Now, I want you to notice what it says. It says that we have a measure of faith that God has given us. How many of you know that God has given each person a measure of faith? You know, nobody should say, I don't have any faith. Everybody's given a measure of faith, right? The question is, what are we going to do with the measure of faith that God gives us? What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do? Measure means a portion or a degree or a seed of faith. Unless somebody's like twisted your arm and held you, uh, you know, and, and threatened your life. The reason why you're sitting in church today is because you have faith. You have a measure of faith. That's why you're here today. It's your faith that got you up this morning, got you to take a shower and brush your teeth and come out here to church. Amen. You already have faith. You've been given a measure. But what are we going to do with this measure that God has given us? You know, I think so many times we just, we just settle for whatever measure we have. And we say, oh, well, that's my lot in life. But I believe God wants to strengthen our faith. Amen? I believe God wants to give us more strength. Are we going to grow our faith? Or are we going to allow our, our faith to shrink? Hebrews eleven six says this, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, you know, in America, you can live life without trusting God for anything. I mean, you know, you could trust the government. You could trust doctors. You can trust your neighbor. You could trust your family. You could trust, you know, dollars. You could trust a lot. But, man, you go into third world countries where they don't have doctors, where they don't have jobs. Man, you can't just rely on man, the arm of man. You got to totally put your faith and trust in God. But it's amazing when you get into church services in third world countries, although they show up and some of them have to walk long ways just to get to church. Man, as soon as they start having a church service, man, you get the free songs. Why? Because the presence of God is there so strongly. Why? Because people have to rely and trust in God. And it pleases God when we have faith in him. It pleases God when we trust. They might not have the cars and the houses and the boats and all that like we do. But one thing they have, they have the presence of God in their life. Why? Because it pleases God when we live by faith. Amen? We need to live by faith. You know, you might have heard this story. I was reminded of this story of uh, years ago. There's, um, I think it was somewhere around uh, the 1920s, some British archaeologists found, um, they, they made this, um, this discovery and they found the unspoiled tomb of Egyptian pharaoh 
named King Tut. You've heard of that? And, uh, and man, there it was. You know, the king was, was mummified. And there was in, in this tomb, there wasn't a whole lot, but it was unspoiled. It hadn't, hadn't been touched. And, and, you know, of course, this happened years and years before. In that tomb, they found an urn with some seeds in it. You remember that? Those of you that maybe heard of it. But there were some seeds in that urn. And somebody got the bright idea. I wonder what would happen if we take these seeds and we planted them. So they decided to do that. They planted the seeds, and to everybody's amazement, those seeds began to grow. After all these years, these seeds that were in this, in this tomb that didn't do anything, whenever they got, they was taken out of that environment, and they were put in the right environment, they began to grow. You see, that is a picture of our faith. Our faith has growth potential. Our faith has the ability. See, in those seeds was locked up great potential. Inside of us is our faith. And inside of our faith is great potential. The great potential to shut the mouths of lions. To move mountains. Amen. To receive miracles. That's the power of our faith. If we put our seed of faith in the right environment, there's no telling what might take place. Amen. There's no telling what God might do in our life if we keep feeding our faith, if we keep if we keep growing our faith, if we keep developing our faith. There's no telling what might happen. So how do you grow your faith? I mean, is that by chance? Is there some things that we can do that will actually strengthen our faith? Is there some things that we can do that weakens our faith? Is there things that we can do that we have control over that can help us strengthen and grow our faith so we can reach our maximum potential? I think there is. So how do you strengthen or grow your faith? Number one, you feed your, the seed of faith in God's word. And that's what the Bible says in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. So the bottom line is the more we hear, study, and read the Word of God, it feeds our faith. I mean, we know how to feed the flesh, right? Right? I mean, we, we know how to do that. We learned that young. We know how to feed our flesh. But see, you can feed your faith. And you feed your faith by feeding it the Word of God. You see, and so listen, what would happen if you quit eating for a while? What would happen to your strength? What would happen to your potential? It would begin to shrink. Why? Because you got to sustain your life with nourishment. And your faith has to be sustained by nourishment. And so whenever you think about it, if you go weeks without hearing, reading, studying the Word of God, your spiritual life is shrinking. Your spiritual life is not growing. It's, it's getting smaller. And so you got to feed your faith. On the word of God. Amen. James 23, 29 says, It's not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Come on, the word of God is like a fire. It burns stuff up. It's like a hammer. It busts stuff up. Amen. And listen, sometimes, you know, our, our mind, our spirit has been contaminated with doubt, with unbelief. We've gotten reports. 
bad reports. Hey, listen, faith comes by hearing. Doubt comes by hearing too. Fear comes by hearing too. And so listen, we hear stuff all the time. And sometimes we're struggling. We got something coming against our faith. But when we get into the word of God, the word of God will be like a hammer and it'll just bust up those strongholds that the enemy's trying to seed in our life. Amen. The word of God will just cause the doubt to just burn up out of our life. And here we are just sitting down, listening to a sermon, reading the Bible, and we don't hardly realize it. But but little bit by little bit, doubt starts leaving our life. Unbelief starts leaving our life. And all of a sudden, our faith just starts growing. And before we know it, we went into the entire time of reading the word and we were discouraged and we had fear. And we come out of our time of reading the word with confidence, with boldness, with hope that God is going to deliver us. Come on. We got to feed our faith. We got to feed our faith. You know, we don't read a Bible just to, you know, to, you know, the one year Bible, you know, I've been doing that for years, but we don't just, you know, read the Bible just to check off. Oh, I read the one year Bible today. No, there's a reason why we're reading the Bible. We're feeding our faith. And the more we feed our faith, the more potential we have, the more potential we have, the more we can see God do miraculous things. And the more we see God do miraculous things, I think the more we're going to want to feed our faith to see God do more miraculous things. Amen. So God's word has the ability to shatter doubt and unbelief out of our life. So we got to feed it the word of God. But number two, we need to water our seed of faith through the Holy Spirit. You know, listen, seeds need moisture to grow. You know, like in that tomb, there was no moisture. You know, you know, you could plant, you could plant a seed in the ground and it still won't grow unless it has moisture. It's got to have moisture. A seed's got to have, have dirt, but it's got to have moisture. It takes moisture to grow that seed. Now, obviously, the, 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 the picture of the moisture is the Holy Spirit. When we expose our life to the Holy Spirit, the seed of the word of God in our life can grow. Come on, we need to put our seed of faith in the environment of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Something happens whenever you get full of the Holy Spirit and you get you get tapped into the Holy Spirit. So when you put your seed in the environment of worship, the Holy Spirit comes in and waters the seed. And all of a sudden we, we had the seed inside of us, but we get in the presence of God. And all of a sudden our faith is elevated. Our faith becomes stronger. Why? Because it's getting watered by the Holy Spirit. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. God inhabits the praises of his people. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Whenever you begin worshiping God, it's amazing. The presence of God comes. The presence of God comes, waters the seed in our life. And all of a sudden we feel growth coming. Jude 20 says, but you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith. How do you build yourself up in your most holy faith? And pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. When you put your seed of faith in the environment of praying in the Holy Spirit, it'll grow. It'll keep growing. Remember the New Testament church after the day of Pentecost? Peter is an example. Before the day of Pentecost, he denied the Lord. He, he wasn't able to stand up for Jesus. But after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was given, all of a sudden the seed that was already in him began to get watered. And the Bible says they, get, they had great boldness after the Holy Ghost came on them. And they began to stand up for Jesus. And miracles began to happen everywhere. Listen. 
I would rather be in a spirit-filled environment than an environment that don't have room for the Holy Spirit. I think my faith would grow a lot better if I'm in the environment of the Holy Spirit. Don't you? Amen. So listen, you know, Paul said, listen, I pray with understanding, but I pray in the Spirit. So I encourage you, pray in the Spirit. Take time to get in worship. You know, listen, you could be in your home just doing, listen, put on worship in your home. Put on worship in your car. Listen to the Word of God. You know, there are podcasts you could subscribe to. Get the messages right there on your phone. But man, just keep feeding your faith. Get in the environment of worship and let the Word and let the Spirit of God begin to nourish that seed that's on the inside of you, that measure of faith that's on the side of you. And all of a sudden, who knows, you might just all of a sudden experience this tremendous breakthrough and nobody can take the smile off of your face because you've got the joy of the Lord inside of you. Amen. Number three, to grow your faith, strengthen your faith. Number three, you need to surround your seed in the good soil of God's love. Galatians 5, 6 says this, for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. I tell you, the best environment for faith to grow is in love, in the environment of love. Our seed of faith needs to be planted in the good soil of God's loving people. Amen. You know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But I tell you, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren like some do. I tell you, there's great benefit to surrounding yourself with other believers. Why? Because, you know, when you get in the environment of God's love, it's going to put the sunshine of God's warmth over your seed, and it's going to be like an incubator, and it's going to cause your seed to grow. Amen. Second Timothy 1.5 says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith. This is Paul telling Timothy this, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that now lives in you. You can see here that faith is contagious. Our faith will grow as we get around others who have a growing faith. Amen. You know, I experienced this whenever I worked in the oil field. Because when I worked in the oil field, there were times where I had to work offshore quite a bit. And um, it seemed like I would be home all week. And then come like Friday or Saturday, I had to go offshore. And then, you know, miss church on Sunday. And then I would be back Monday. And I'd be home all week. And the weekend would come around, and I'd get a call to go back offshore. How many of you have been there? Come on, how many of you can relate to what I'm talking about here? And it would go weeks, and I was like, man, I got so, I got so lonesome to go to church. Now listen, I would bring my Bible with me offshore. And I had plenty of time. I would sit on my bunk and I would read my Bible. Man, I, I read my Bible like nobody's business. I had so much downtime that I could read, you know, a whole book at one sitting because I had nowhere to go. Nothing to do. I was waiting to go to work. But you know what? After a couple of weeks of missing church, not being around other Christians, even though I was in the Word of God, man, something was lacking. Something just wasn't right. It's like I was, I was drying up on the inside. And man, I tell you, when I finally got a Sunday to come to church, oh my Lord, I felt like I was sitting in the front of a fire hydrant, man. And I was just drinking up the grace of God in the context of the love of God in the church of God as God has so designed it. Amen. That's why you shouldn't just live an isolated Christian life. That's why we have small groups. Give people a chance to make friends, 
and to get your seed in the environment of the warmth of God's love. How many of you know that you plant a seed in the ground? Not only does it need dirt, not only does it need moisture, but it needs sunshine. It's got to have sunshine. Amen. Got to have the love of God. And so I encourage you to surround your seed of faith in the good soil of God's love. Amen. And then finally, to grow your faith. We're talking about, you know, how do you grow your faith so that you're not so easily pushed over? So you're not so easily discouraged. So you don't just, you know, lose your joy just because you got one bad report. How, how do you grow your faith to, to the point that you live a victorious life? That you can live on top and not below. Come on, you can live blessed and, and not feel like you're under the, the weight of the world. Well, you got to feed your faith. Amen? So finally, number four, you need to grow the seed of your faith by exercising your seed of faith. How many of you know God's given us a measure, but we need to use the measure that he gave us? You know, faith is like a muscle. It weakens. You know, if you don't use your muscles, it'll weaken. You know, somebody that lays in a bed for, for a week or so, you know, they, they, when they finally can get up, they hardly can stand because they lose strength in their muscles. You know, somebody said, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so you got to use your faith. You got to grow your faith. You got you to look for opportunities to, to use your faith. And, you know, W.T. Packard said this, faith is more than thinking something is true. Faith is thinking something is true to the extent that we're willing to act on it. You know, so we can know what the Bible says, but unless we obey the Bible, unless we act on what the Bible says, then we're not putting faith to what we know. You heard that story about this guy. He was a, he was a, a, a tight wire walker and he would walk, you know, from tall building to tall building, you know, through the canyons and stuff. And, and he was, he was getting ready to walk across the, you know, buildings, and there was a crowd of people gathered, and he said, how many of you believe that I can walk across this tightrope to the, to the other side? And, and the crowd said, yes, we believe. He said, well, great. How many of you believe that I can walk across and, 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 and push this wheelbarrow over to the other side? And everybody said, yeah, we believe. You believe I can do that? Yes, we believe you can do that. He said, all right, who would like to volunteer to get in the wheelbarrow? No hands went up. Everybody believed he could do great things, but they weren't willing to exercise their faith in the man that could push the wheelbarrow across the other side. You go survey people across town, everybody believes in God. Everybody has faith in God. But listen, faith is dead unless you do something with it. James 2.17, so you see, it isn't enough to just have faith. You must also do good to prove that you have have it. Faith that doesn't show itself by good works is no faith at all. It is dead and it's useless. You know, listen, we grow our faith when we begin using our faith. In other words, when we begin trusting God for things, we got to begin trusting God. You know, there's always something in our life to trust God for. Am I right, saints? How many of you have something right now to trust God for? I mean, if you don't, man, you're a blessed man or woman of God, I tell you. But you know, but let me help you if you think you don't have nothing to trust God for. Where'd you get that breath you're about to breathe? How many of you know that comes from God right there, huh? But listen, the more we trust God, the more our faith grows. The more our faith grows, the more potential we have. We've got to grow our faith. 
Remember King, uh, King David? Remember, remember that guy? Remember whenever he found out that uh, this, this giant of a Philistine was holding back the children of Israel from moving forward? And, um, and David was going to go fight Goliath. He was going to go fight him. And uh, Saul said, you can't, you can't defeat this giant. Who do you think you are? And, and David says something that's very, that's very interesting. And he says to him in 1 Samuel 33, Saul replied, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. And he's been fighting, um, he's been fighting men from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. But when a lion and a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. And your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. What was David saying? You know, David was a giant killer. He had faith to kill giants, but he didn't start out with faith to kill giants. He started out, first of all, with enough faith to defeat a lion. See, apparently one day when he was out there, this lion came to try to steal his sheep and he was out there with his harp, just worshiping God, filled with faith. And when this lion came out there, was going to steal his sheep. Something happened to David. The shepherd's heart rose up in him and he said, no, you're not stealing my sheep. And he went out there and grabbed that lion by the mane and just took him out. Went back to the sheep. He had lion-sized faith. He exercised what faith he had. And then, later on, this big old bear comes out. He's going to steal some sheep. Now, David's faith is growing because he'd been using what he had. And now after he defeated that lion, his faith grew. And so now when this bear walks out, instead of cutting tail and running and going to tell his daddy, 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 a bear's after your sheep. No, David rose up in faith and said, come here and took that bear on, defeated that bear. So he won another battle and David's faith grew. So whenever that Goliath stepped out there and Saul said, you can't beat him. It's like, man, I'm telling you, you're not going to believe what faith can do. You're not going to believe the potential of faith. I know you see him as just this ruddy, snotty-nosed boy. But listen, I'm telling you, man, my God in whom I serve, my God gives me the ability to do things that you would never believe, King. Let me tell you about what happened. I took on a lion and took him out one day. And not only that, a bear came up. I took him out too. And, And so, King, if God can give me victory over a lion, and give me victory over a bear. This, this Philistine that's taunting the armies of God, he's got to come down. And so all of a sudden, David had giant-sized faith. Amen. Listen, we might need to just believe God to get healed from a runny nose. Right? We might need to believe God just to be able to get from our house to work on Monday morning and still have joy by the time we get to work. We can begin to trust God where we are. We're all at different places. We're all at di- we're all going through different things. But God will meet us right where we are. 
And I believe what God's saying is the righteous shall live by faith. Oh, they're eating, sleeping, talking, walking, their career, their everything, their ministry. They're going to trust me to get it all done. How many of you believe that's a good place to live your life right there? Amen. Come on, won't you stand with me and let's close in prayer. Let me ask you a question. What are you going through right now that gives you a chance to trust God? What are you going through right now that gives you a chance to rely on God? You know, I'm amazed at myself that I can be going through something and I finally get to the point where I'm going to have to rely on God like it's a last resort. Come on, how many of you laughing with me and laughing with me? Come on, how many of you know, how many of you can relate? It's like, you know, it's amazing. We're people of God. We're spirit-filled, born-again believers going to heaven, man. But then we could be right in the middle of a storm and be trusting on everything, everybody, except relying and trusting. Can we do something today and just turn our sights on the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith in you. Come on, let's just bow our head. Let's just take a moment right now. What is it that you're going through? What is it that you're struggling? What is it? Where are you right now that God might want you to just just take a stand of faith? Come on, just begin to take a stand of faith. Say, I can overcome this. I can get through this. I can see a breakthrough here. I can have a miracle here. Come on, just right there we are. Just begin to just claim that. The Lord is going to give me deliverance. The Lord is going to give me a breakthrough. I'm believing that God is going to provide for me. Come on, just begin right there where you are. Let's ask God to help us. Father, we come to you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we believe that we are to walk by faith. Lord, Lord, you said that, God, it pleases you for us to walk by faith. We do want to be pleasing to you. Lord, we just ask right now, God, that you would just come. That you would just come. Come on, let's let's believe God. Let's trust God. Just tell him that right where you are. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I'm putting my confidence in you. Lord, I know that you can take me from blessing to blessing. That you can deliver me. Lord, I know that, God, that these certain things in my life that I'm struggling with. Lord, I'm believing that, God, you can give me a miraculous breakthrough today. Come on, just let's believe God. Father in heaven, Lord, let your spirit come and just water the seed of the word of God in the sight of us today. Lord, we We water that seed of faith right now with the promise of your word. The righteous shall live by faith. Lord, by faith. By faith they conquered kingdoms. They shut the mouths of lions. By faith they were able to overcome. Lord, we believe that by faith we're going to overcome. We're going to win the battle. We're going to get the victory, Lord. Father, I'm believing right now with every person that's in this room today that the Spirit of God is relieving fresh faith over each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord, that God you're causing our faith to grow today. Lord, you're causing our faith to be strengthened today. And Lord, we're not going to be so easily knocked over by a circumstance. But Lord, we're believing today that you're making us strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you, Lord, that you're making us strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Thank you, Father God, that you're infusing your people with faith right now. Thank you, Lord. Now, how many of you, you have a mountain before you right now? It's a great mountain, right? You have a 
not only just a problem, a mountain. You got a mountain-sized problem in the front of you. Raise your hand if you got a mountain-sized problem. Listen, I, I don't want you to go without getting prayed for. Those of you that have your hands raised, won't you just come up here to the altar? And I'm going to ask some altar workers to come and meet you here. And we're going to agree with you. We're going to join with your faith today. And we're going to believe that God is going to give you a breakthrough today through the power of His Spirit. How many of you believe that God is still doing miracles today? Do you all agree with that? Do you all believe that? Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on. Let's believe God. Let's believe God. We can get some altar workers just to come and join these as they come up. And just stand with them. Believe God with them right now. Just extend your hands towards these. And let's let's agree in prayer. Father, we pray right now. We agree with our brothers and sisters in the Lord right now. Thank you, Father. God, you're releasing your anointing. You're releasing your power. You're releasing your grace. God, I know that you can move mountains. Lord, you said if we had faith and we didn't doubt, we could say to that mountain, be thou removed, and it would be removed. And Lord, we're agreeing with those that are up here today that God, you're moving mountains in their life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we praise you for a miracle that's taking place in their life today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Come on, how many of you glad that you believe today? That you at least have a measure of faith today. Amen. Thank God.